Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Inside Strategic Coach Podcast with Dan Sullivan. Dan, you and I were just talking about the difference between being a consumer and being a creator, and you made some phenomenal distinctions, which we certainly notice in the terms of the program. I also notice it in my own behavior when I'm being a consumer versus being a creator. But first of all, let's define the terms. How would you define a consumer, and how would you define a creator? Well, I think it's kind of a fundamental uh, approach in life. Before you even get to the stage of whether someone's an entrepreneur or not, uh, it seems to me that humans very quickly get to a fork in the road, (laughs) you know, as, as children, whether life is going to be about other people doing for them everything that they need in their life, and they're kind of a consumer of other people's efforts. Sometimes they're happy and sometimes they're satisfied, but they're usually not happy for a very, very long time because they want to consume something else, and it's up to other people to provide them with what they want, what they need, what they're looking for next, and they stand in judgment of other people's efforts. To a certain extent, the global economy is very, very geared to massive consumption, They say, well, the consumer likes this, the consumer doesn't like this, but it's kind of a position that the consumer is actually higher up than everybody else who's providing the consumers with what they want, and the consumer's never going to be satisfied. So to a certain extent, that's kind of a life approach. It's kind of a life attitude, and I think it starts very, very early in life, and I think it grows, and the kind of mindsets as kind of a universe of mindsets that surround the consumer approach. So that's one fork in the road. And the other fork of the road is where you're a creator, and that is that you approach things that I'm going to work with what's here to create something even better, not only for myself, but for other people. And I'm looking for people who want to create with me. So the whole notion of consuming really isn't the intent. The question is, do I have the raw material here that I can actually take the raw material and make something better out of it? And I think that that is the other fork. And if it starts, let's say, before people can really think about it, which is generally somewhere around the age of six or seven, the habits of being a consumer can already be almost firmly established for life in one person, and the habits and the mindsets of being a creator can be established in another. And it's kind of a mystery to me how one takes one fork and how the other, but I sure know it after it's happened. And I can tell as I've become more successful as an entrepreneur, and I've had the enormous, just the enormous benefit of being around massive creators that I can tell within seconds of meeting someone whether they're a creator or a consumer. That's interesting. Now, there are some characteristics that you identified or behaviors that consumers versus creators do. So can you contrast those for us? Because I think it's really kind of interesting. Yeah, well, I think that, first of all, the consumer develops a very judgmental attitude, not just towards particular activities, but just about everything in their life. And they're very judgmental, usually about that what other people are doing is not sufficient. So they're never quite satisfied. So the critical attitude, judgmental attitude, is that they're critics 
of other people's activities and other people's contributions or offerings. The other thing is that they complain when it's not up to their standards, and usually they themselves haven't really identified what their standards are, but they say, well, it wasn't very, very good. You know, this didn't work and that didn't work and I really didn't like this. And number three is that they tend to shift blame that the bad experience doesn't have anything to do with them. It's strictly the work of other people. So I would say criticize, complain, and blame are probably very prominent mindsets that accompany being a consumer, okay? And the other aspect about it, which is very crucial here, it's very short term, okay? And super consumers really operate within 24-hour frameworks. You know, a day was either a good day or a bad day, depending upon how well other people serve them during that day. And it could be in relationship with someone else, and it's how well the other person tended to their needs during that day and, you know, the community that they live in, you know, the general feel for how the world is going, and they have enormous amount of judgments about how the world's going. And it's a formula for lifetime making yourself unhappy. Uh It's a very unhappy mode to get into, you know, and you can see it in adolescence, you can see it You know, when people are of college age, they're going into college age, and, you know, they're standing on judgment about what kind of world they're living in and how terrible people haven't done this and how they haven't done this. And it's like almost every cause in the world where it's negative, where you start off by criticizing something and blaming other people. And you can just see it. I mean, recently, this was for a podcast I was doing with Peter Diamandis, and Peter (laughs) really doesn't have much use for the news media. And I took the front section of a very prominent publication, and I just wrote down all the headlines, and there were 32 headlines in, you know, like 16 pages of articles, and 31 of them were framed in a negative, critical, complaining, blaming sense. And yet, if you read the article, you could just as easily have pulled out something really positive and saying, well, we're at this stage, and there's been enormous improvement, and we've got these things to work on yet. And that would be the creative. So as a creator, and I really consciously work every day that I'm a creator and not a consumer, I can flip anything, you know, I can take anything and sort of say, well, we've got this to start with, so this is raw material, and if we rearrange this, then we can go there, and I wonder who I can collaborate with and whose capabilities I can access to make this into a better situation. I think that is fundamentally, in our world right now, not hidden anymore, because I think people who were creators for a long time didn't have a lot of opportunity to create and they didn't have a lot of resources to actually create. They were very creative and they did what they could with the people they knew and the local situation they are. But now we're kind of at breakout stage for creators in the world. And you can see it's starting to show up politically that those who really, really want to create now are finding ways of doing it, and the complainers, blamers, and criticizers are getting more freaked out by the new things that are being created, and they don't have any say over this. They're starting to feel bypassed 
And I think that's what happens is that you can control people through criticism, complaint, and blame if they take your comments seriously. But if you just ignore their comments and you just say, well, yeah, well, that's an interesting complaint. That's interesting. I can build that in. We'll flip that and we'll make that good and we'll do this. And so my sense is that this is probably constant in the world. My sense is that the proportion between consumers and increasingly negative view towards life is probably constant in the population, and the number of creators is probably constant too. But I do have a choice who I want to spend my time with. (laughs) And that's why I became an entrepreneur, number one. And number two, that's why I've focused my life on coaching entrepreneurs, because one of the enormous benefits for me and also for you, Shannon, and for everybody who works at Strategic Coach, our daily lives are surrounded by extraordinarily positive creators and the numbers keep growing. I think that's one of the things that first struck me, Dan, when I joined Coach in 1991, is just how open, gregarious, friendly. I, in fact, when I met my very first strategic coach group, I thought everyone knew each other already. And then literally one guy stuck out his hand and said, hey, I'm Bob, who are you? I was like, oh my gosh, I thought you guys knew each other already. And it was fascinating because they were just into creating relationships, seeing if there's opportunity. You know, they were giving. And in the environment that we were in, we had a lot of trainings happening. This is actually even before I joined Coach. Everyone else would come in and they'd find their seat and they wouldn't talk to anybody. And it was a completely different characteristic compared to strategic coach groups, which was kind of amazing. You also have three characteristics that you identified for creators. So just Mm -hmm. so we have this fun compare and contrast. Well, I think the big thing is that you're a contributor so that when you approach any situation, your first thought is, I wonder what I can contribute to this situation. You know, I've got skills, I've got knowledge, I've got thoughts about things that work and things that don't work, and I'm just going to contribute this. You know, I've done a previous set of podcasts uh, my army career when I was, you know, drafted right at the start of the Vietnam War in 1965. And I made an absolute switch in my mind the moment I got my draft notice that, okay, well, this kind of plans out my next two years because it was a two-year obligation in those days. And I said, these are not going to be two wasted years. And what I hit on right away, wherever I was in the Army, I would just see who I could contribute to and what I could contribute in any situation I was, which actually broke the number one rule that you're told when you're (laughs) in the Army, don't volunteer for anything. And I said, well, what if you just did the opposite and you volunteered for everything? And I just had a glorious, I mean, I have to tell you, I had a glorious Army career. I grew a lot. I did all sorts of interesting things. I got all sorts of special treatment simply because I was so contributing. You know, and that was kind of like the worst circumstances. You know, I mean, it was a unpopular war. There was a danger you were going to end up in deadly situations and everything. I said, I said, if I avoid getting killed, it's all going to be because of my mindset, mm. you know, and that there is not going to be any boredom. There's not going to be anything about my time in the Army. I'm going to have a great time. That's fabulous. So that's the big thing. And I think the other thing is collaboration, is that you immediately size up who's available for you in every situation. I said, I bet I can be useful to that person and they can be useful to me and that I can continually expand that collaboration while I'm here. I have to tell you, 
virtually every period of my life. So the three or four major shifts while I, I had basic training in Fort Knox in the middle of summer, hot, humid, and everything else. And when we got to the end of basic training, I said, gee, this was really a great experience. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit sad to leave it, you know, and everybody couldn't wait to get out of it, you know, because for most people, it's just horrendously boring and fatiguing and you're depersonalized. Not me. I had a great time. And <laughs> then I had a sort of training school that I went to. And I went to that period. I did the same thing. I contributed. And then I was assigned my first role in the Army, and I really, really had a good time, and then I created my own role. You know, I was an entertainment coordinator in South Korea and just had a wonderful, probably about a year and a half, a little bit more than a year, and I was really sad to leave. You know, I met a lot of Koreans. I met really, really interesting people in the military that I worked with and everything like that. But that really was a 20-year growth that had really started when I was born the fifth child in a big family. And I said, boy, you know, all the ways you get respect around here are already taken by other people I'm going to have to create. So I found really useful things to do for my parents and around the house and for my siblings to the degree that I could. And thankfully, you know, I just kind of came aboard with that particular mindset. And my feeling is that I've identified that as we've gone along. That's a pure entrepreneurial. In other words, you know, the original definition of an entrepreneur that is to the point about what's going on today is by a French philosopher, kind of an economist philosopher in 1804. His name is Jean-Baptiste Say. And he was a great student of Adam Smith, who wrote the key book defining that capitalism is the division of labor and that what you want to do is be really, really good at what you're doing and then combine it with what other people are really doing. And this works for individuals, it works for groups, it works for communities, and it works for countries. There's one thing is that you just turn out way better. Your life just turns out way better if you take the creator role rather than the consumer role and the other thing is that you're happy. Mm -hmm. You're happy. And I said, you know, if you got a choice between two roads, unhappy and happy, my advice would be to take the happy road. <laughs> I love that. Dan, I love the Jean-Baptiste Say definition, which is paraphrased. Taking, taking resources at a lower level of productivity and increasing them to a higher level of productivity. Which ties totally into another word that you use to define creators, which is building capabilities. I mean, in terms of being a contributor and a collaborator, you know, we're going to talk in a moment about investing, but really building up those capabilities so you can see how they can connect with other people. I love the distinction between consumer and creator. And I think actually in different parts of our lives, we're consumers in different parts of our lives, we're creators. But if we can come more from the mindset of creators, or being a creator, we are much happier. Mm -hmm. And we look at things very differently. I mean, I love how your experience of basic training was the complete opposite of most people's. <laughs> but you also had a mindset that was very different than yeah. most people going in. You were not a victim. You were going to create your own experience and be resourceful about that. The last thing I want to touch on in terms of the two different ways of looking at things, because we see this with entrepreneurs a lot. We see people with this who come into the program mm -hmm. and how they interact with us, how they interact with the materials, how they interact with other people in the room. And one of the defining features is in terms of how long 
their perspective is. Yeah, well, I, I find, you know, if you apply it directly to strategic coach, and I think more and more the way that we screen individuals, I mean, they make a decision to come into strategic coach, but more and more we're making a decision about whether we want them in strategic coach. I think it's exactly along the consumer creator differentiation. The thing is that there isn't much we can do for someone who has a consumer attitude, first of all, because it isn't actually going to work with them because they're treating us from a consumer attitude. But the main reason why their entrepreneurial life isn't working is that they're treating other things in their life from the standpoint. They're very critical. They're very complaining. They're blaming about other things in their life. So they're never going to have a team that they like. And They're not going to attract team members to them. And the biggest thing, the two things that you really have to do when you first come into the program, you got to sort out your personal life. You know, are you appreciating what you have in your personal life? But the other thing is you have to build teamwork to grow. And if you have a consumer attitude towards people you hire, they're never going to be good enough and they're going to know it immediately. And after a while, you're never going to attract anyone who's actually good enough. And the other thing is you're only thinking about coach for one year. You say, well, I'll see what I can get after the first year, and then I'll make my decision. Well, that's a consumer attitude where now what we're doing with our new definition of the program is 25 years. You should think about, first of all, that you're going to change your game, okay, personally, teamwork, company, market game, industry game, and global game, and you're going to have 25 years in the company of other people who have this creative, game-changing attitude. Well, that person I'll do anything for, but the person who comes into Strategic Coach and they have a consumer attitude, there's nothing I can do because even if I gave that person the best that I've created, they'd say, well, you know, it's not really what I was looking for, you know, and, (laughs) you know, I tried it, didn't really work. Um got anything else? The other thing is, it just came up very, very recently because we had to ask someone to leave the program. And that is that when they have a consumer attitude towards what they're learning in the program, they have also a tendency to kind of steal the stuff and call it their own. In other words, they won't give you any credit for the concepts that have actually worked for them, but they'll take what worked for them and then they'll actually use it with other people in the marketplace and say that it was their creation. So the tendency to steal as a consumer is really high where there's no need for it as a creator because you can always create something new. You can create something with anything. I just really, really notice that that theft goes along with the notion of consuming. I guess shoplifting is a, <laughs> it's a form of shoplifting, actually. You know. Well, you see people, you know, knocking off other people's products, and I think it's rampant in that particular industry. Yeah. In consumerism. Yeah. So actually, it's a protection for anyone to size up who you're dealing with. Are they a consumer of you as an experience or are they a co-creator with you as an experience? And I think that if you start really checking back over your life of who has really worked for you in your life and who hasn't worked, you can see this very, very clear distinction between the consumers never work. The creators can work for as long as they want to create. It's interesting. One last final point for me, because I'm very attuned to this with teamwork. I mean, I've heard about all the entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. who treat their team members as costs rather than investment, which is another 
distinction in this mindset. But I've also seen team leaders who do this as well. And the people who are a wrong fit for an entrepreneurial company are people with that consumer mm-hmm. mindset. They're not contributing. They're there to build their own little territory, not to contribute to the overall whole. They're there to get status for themselves, not for their teams. Mm-hmm. So it does harm, you know, and if people are having trouble growing, it's why I wrote multiplication by subtraction. <laughs> yeah. Because extracting that type of person from your company and suggesting they go find somewhere else in the marketplace to be actually will help your whole mm-hmm. company put it back on that creator path and be much healthier as a result. So I think this is something that we all need to pay attention to with ourselves, with our teams, with our companies, because it impacts our success overall. Yeah. And, you know, just three little tips on people to kind of take what you've heard on this podcast. And I said, first of all, check yourself out. I mean, is your tendency to complain, criticize, and blame? Or is your tendency to say, hey, what do we have available here that we can actually grow? And are there people here I can collaborate in creating something bigger and better than we've had before? And how do I want my best capabilities to actually grow by using contribution and collaboration with other people? And check out, first of all, whether you are actually that kind of person. And then use your own understanding of your self-creation and not being a consumer to check out other people when you meet them. And Don't go down the road with somebody who's a consumer, you know, constantly look out. And if you are a creator, you'll find other creators. If you are a consumer, you'll find other consumers. They flock together. Different species, but each species flocks together. And I would say the third thing about that is that if you are a creator, it's very easy to think in terms of 25 years growth. If you are a consumer, it's very hard to think about this day's dissatisfaction with the world. Mm-hmm. Dan, I really appreciate this conversation because, as you know, it was inspired by something that was driving me crazy. So I love it. I love articulating this mindset. And I really love the action steps because I know it's something I can do for myself. And just being an entrepreneur does not guarantee that you have a creator mindset. And I think you've given enormous direction. So thank you very much. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Shannon.